Audio to accompany the complete guide to the TOEFL test. PBT edition by Bruce Rogers. Copyright 2011 by Heinley. A part of Cengage Learning. All rights reserved. Practice Test 2. Section 1. Listening Comprehension. Find the directions for this test in your textbook and read along with them as they are read to you on the tape. This section tests your ability to comprehend spoken English. It is divided into three parts, each with its own directions. You are not permitted to turn the page during the reading of the directions or to take notes at any time. Part A. Directions. Each item in this part consists of a brief conversation involving two speakers. Following each conversation, a third voice will ask a question. You will hear the conversations and questions only once, and they will not be written out. When you have heard each conversation and question, read the four answer choices and select the one, A, B, C, or D, that best answers the question based on what is directly stated or on what can be inferred. Then fill in the space on your answer sheet that matches the letter of the answer that you have selected. Here is an example. You will hear... Do you think I should leave this chair against the wall or put it somewhere else? Over by the window, I'd say. What does the woman think the man should do? You will read... A. Open the window. B. Move the chair. C. Leave the room. D. Take a seat. From the conversation, you find out that the woman thinks the man should put the chair over by the window. The best answer to the question, what does the woman think the man should do, is B. Move the chair. You should fill in B on your answer sheet. Now let's begin with the first conversation. Number one. So are you still planning to fly to Orlando for your vacation? Not the way airfares have been going up. What does the man mean? Number two. I can't believe we have to buy eight books for Professor McKnight's class. That's going to cost a fortune. But four of them are inexpensive paperbacks. What does the woman tell the man? Number three. You still planning to play golf this afternoon? I don't think so. It looks a lot like rain to me. What does the woman mean? Number four. Can everyone in the class meet in the library on Friday? Everyone but Lisa. What does the man mean? 
Number five. I went for a hike in the woods, and now my legs are all scratched up from the thorns. Maybe next time you'll wear a pair of long pants when you go hiking. What can be inferred about the man? Number six. So, Rob, what are you going to do with your free afternoon? I thought I'd pay Michelle a visit. What does Rob mean? Number seven. There won't be enough chairs in the auditorium. We could always rent more. What does the man suggest? Number eight. What does that sign say? Uh, I can't quite make it out either. What does the man tell the woman? Number nine. It's getting harder and harder to find affordable housing near campus. Isn't it though? What does the woman mean? Number ten. I'm going to go now. You'd better hurry. They're almost sold out of tickets for Saturday's game. Where is the man probably going to go next? Number 11. We raised some money this week, but it was just a drop in the bucket. Maybe we'll do better next week. What is the problem? Number 12. Tell me, what do you think of our waiter? Kind of rude, isn't he? What is the woman's opinion of the waiter? Number 13. Tony spent the whole weekend fishing and he didn't catch one single fish. I'm not too surprised. What does the man mean? Number 14. I need a few more minutes to fill out this form. Take your time. What does the woman tell the man? Number 15. Has Russell ever been to Seattle? Once before, I believe. 
What does the woman say about Russell? Number 16. Is Lily still planning to study overseas? No. Her parents threw cold water on that plan. What did Lily's parents do? Number 17. David, do you think that the music was too loud? Well, no. Not if you wanted the people across town to hear it. What does David imply about the music? Number 18. This was supposed to be a quiet, relaxing weekend. But it didn't quite turn out that way, did it? What does the man imply about the weekend? Number 19. The front door to the lab was unlocked on Saturday morning. Really? That's strange. What can be inferred from this conversation? Number 20. This insurance policy has gotten so expensive, I can hardly afford it. Yeah, but you can't really afford not to have it, can you? What does the woman tell the man? Number 21. Did Morgan pass the test? Pass it? With flying colors. What does the man say about Morgan? Number 22. Oh, no. It's still out of order. I guess we'll just have to walk up all those stairs again today. What are these two people talking about? Number 23. Did you take your raincoat to the cleaners, Meg? No, I had to go to class, so I got my sister to take it. What happened to the raincoat? Number 24. The schedule says we have to attend an orientation session before we can register. That's just for new students. What can be inferred about these two speakers? Number 25. 
So, Doug, are you looking forward to helping your brother move this weekend? Well, there are a couple of other ways I'd rather spend my weekend. What does Doug mean? Number 26. This coin you found is worth a lot. It's quite rare. Oh, an expert, are you? What does the man imply about the woman? Number 27. That sure is a catchy song. You're telling me. The melody's been running through my head all week. What can be concluded about the song? Number 28. You look great in this picture, Larry. Look how you're smiling. So you did take that picture of me after all. What had the man originally assumed? Number 29. Hotel rooms along the beach must be very expensive. Not now. During the off-season, they're dirt cheap. What does the man say about the hotel rooms? Number 30. Who was that woman you were talking to at the reception? That was Carol Donovan. She was my sister's roommate in college. How was the woman acquainted with Carol Donovan? This is the end of Part A. Go on to Part B. Now read along with the directions for Part B in your textbook as they are read to you on the tape. Part B. Directions. This part of the test consists of extended conversations between two speakers. After each of these conversations, there are a number of questions. You will hear each conversation and question only once, and the questions are not written out. When you have heard the questions, read the four answer choices and select the one, A, B, C, or D, that best answers the question based on what is directly stated or on what can be inferred. Then fill in the space on your answer sheet that matches the letter of the answer that you have selected. Don't forget, during actual exams, taking notes or writing in your test book is not permitted. Now let's begin Part B with the first conversation. Questions 31 to 34. 
Listen to the following phone conversation. Hello, Campus Daily Advertising Department. This is Mark speaking. Hi, I'm calling to place a couple of ads. Sure. Under what classification? Well, I wanted one in the roommate wanted section. All right. And how would you like that to read? Okay. It should read Female roommate wanted for pleasant, sunny, two bedroom apartment on Ellywood Avenue, three blocks from campus. Share rent and utilities. Available September 1st. Call between 5 and 9 p.m. and ask for Cecilia. Fine. And what about your other ad? That one I'd like under merchandise for sale. And I'd like it to read Matching blue and white sofa and easy chair. Excellent condition. $350 or best offer. Call between 5 and 9 p.m. and ask for Cecilia. Did you get all that? Uh huh. You'll want your phone numbers on these, right? Oh, sure. Thanks for reminding me. It's 555 6972. And how long do you want these ads to run? For a week, I suppose. How much would that be? It's $5 a week per line. Each of your ads will take up three lines, so that's $15 per ad. Number 31. Where does Mark work? Number 32. Which of the following is Cecilia trying to find? Number 33. Which of the following does Cecilia initially forget to tell Mark? Number 34. What is the total amount that the two advertisements will cost for one week? Questions 35 to 38. Listen to the following conversation. I'm sorry I'm late, Cindy. That's all right, Joe. My house isn't that easy to find. But you know, you wouldn't have gotten lost if you'd had a smart car. A smart car? What's that? I just read a magazine article about some new technology that can make a car smart. One device is a computerized map display and a synthesized voice. You just enter the address where you want to go, and the voice tells you how to get there, street by street. Hey, that's just like my brother. He never gets lost, and he's always telling me the best route. So, what else will smart cars be able to do? Well, the article said that they'll be equipped with radar warning systems that will warn drivers if they're getting too close to other cars with an alarm signal. And they'll even put on the brakes if the drivers don't. Tell me, Cindy, will these cars be smart enough to fill themselves up with gas? Not that I know of. Why do you ask? Well, I'm not late because I got lost. I'm late because I ran out of gas on the way over here. Number 35. Where did Cindy get her information about smart cars?
Number 36. According to Cindy, what is the purpose of the synthesized voice on smart cars? Number 37. What does Joe imply about his brother? Number 38. Why was Joe delayed on his way to Cindy's house? This is the end of Part B. Go on to Part C. Now read along with the directions for Part C in your textbook as they are read to you on the tape. Part C. Directions. This part of the test consists of several talks, each given by a single speaker. After each of these talks, there are a number of questions. You will hear each talk and question only once, and the questions are not written out. When you have heard each question, read the four answer choices and select the one, A, B, C, or D, that best answers the question based on what is directly stated or on what can be inferred. Then fill in the space on your answer sheet that matches the letter of the answer that you have selected. Here is an example. You will hear... Students, this evening we'll have a chance to observe a phenomenon that we've discussed several times in class. Tonight there will be a lunar eclipse. As we've said, when an eclipse of the moon occurs, the earth passes between the sun and the moon. Therefore, the shadow of the earth moves across the surface of the moon and obscures it. Because you won't be looking at the sun, it is not necessary to use the special lenses and filters that you need when observing a solar eclipse. You can observe a lunar eclipse with your unaided eye or with a telescope and photograph it with an ordinary camera. So if the weather's not cloudy tonight, go out and take a look at this eclipse of the moon. I'm sure you'll find it interesting. Now, here is a sample question. You will hear in what course is this lecture probably being given. You will read A. Philosophy B. Meteorology C. Astronomy D. Photography. The lecture concerns a lunar eclipse, a topic that would typically be discussed in an astronomy class. The choice that best answers the question, in what course is this lecture probably being given, is C. Astronomy. You should fill in C on your answer sheet. Here is another sample question. You will hear, according to the speaker, which of the following occurs during a lunar eclipse? You will read, A. The Earth's shadow moves across the moon. B. Clouds block the view of the moon. C. 
The moon moves between the Earth and the sun. D. The sun can be observed without special equipment. From the lecture, you learn that a lunar eclipse occurs when the Earth moves between the sun and the moon, and the shadow of the Earth passes across the moon. The choice that best answers the question, according to the speaker, which of the following occurs during a lunar eclipse, is A. The Earth's shadow moves across the moon. Don't forget, during actual exams, taking notes or writing in your test book is not permitted. Now let's begin Part C with the first talk. Questions 39 to 42. Listen to a talk given at a ceremony. Good evening. I'd like to welcome the president of Colton College, the chancellors, the administrators, my fellow faculty members, and the students to the Academic Excellence Awards Night. Our first award for Faculty Member of the Year goes to Professor Patricia Callahan. I'm particularly pleased that this year's winner is from my own department. Professor Callahan has been at Colton College for a total of eight years now, two as a graduate student and six as a faculty member. She has consistently received top evaluations from the students as well as from her department head. Her papers on historical economics are well respected by all of her colleagues, including myself, if I may say so. And this year, she received a government grant to continue her work of generating computer models of the economy. Please join me, ladies and gentlemen, in giving a round of applause to Professor Callahan. Number 39. What is the purpose of this talk? Number 40. Who is the speaker? Number 41. What subject does Professor Callahan probably teach? Number 42. For how many years has Professor Callahan been a teacher at Colton College? Questions 43 to 46. Listen to the following announcement. Good morning, listeners. This is KUNI Campus Radio with the local news. Did you have any trouble getting around in traffic downtown this morning? Several streets are blocked off because of the bicycle races that are taking place today and for the next four days. Some races will be taking place downtown, some in Woodland Park on the north side of town, and some on campus. Long-distance road races will be held in the countryside nearby. Our own university is fielding a team to compete for prizes and glory. So come on out and cheer them on. And say, if you found yourself caught in traffic this morning, 
I suggest that you ride your own bike to class or to work tomorrow. Number 43. Who is the speaker? Number 44. What is the main topic of the talk? Number 45. According to the speaker, where will the long-distance road races be held? Number 46. What does the speaker suggest that his listeners do the next morning? Questions 47 to 50. Listen to the following lecture about photorealistic art. Good morning, class. Today we'll continue our study of 20th century art movements with a discussion of photorealism, a style popular in the 1960s and 1970s. Painters who worked in this style realistically portrayed their subjects down to the smallest detail, and so their paintings resembled photographs in many respects. These painters usually chose subjects that were interesting only because they were so ordinary. A closed-down gas station, an old man waiting for a bus, a dilapidated billboard. Sculptors who worked in this style, such as Duane Hansen, created life-size sculptures of very ordinary people. Construction workers, tourists, sales clerks, homeless people. His sculptures are so lifelike that sometimes visitors to a gallery or museum will try to engage them in a conversation. Now we're going to look at some slides of various works of photorealism. I'd like all of you to take notes while you're viewing the slides. And then tonight, I'd like you to write a short paper describing your reactions to these works. Number 47. Where was this talk probably given? Number 48. Which of the following would be the most likely subject of a photorealistic painting? Number 49. According to the speaker, why are the works of sculptor Duane Hansen so remarkable? Number 50. What will the audience for this talk do next? This is the end of Section 1, Listening Comprehension. Stop work on Section 1.